0: Yeah, so North Lakes this year, we're on fire. We are talking about the Holy Spirit, what it looks like to um, lead a life led by the Holy Spirit, and just taking that all-in faith that we learned about last year into kind of like the next level, um, speaking about being on fire for God. Um, So last week, Graham spoke about, I'm not sure if Graham is here, but his message was incredible. I had to listen to it on the podcast which Cam faithfully does every week. Um, And he spoke about Moses and the burning bush. And he just gave such a great background insight into the life of Moses and what that looked like and... um, And how he kind of dutifully did his job of leading um, the Israelites out of 16 generations or 400 years of slavery. So um, that's kind of where we're going to pick up the story today. Um, I'm speaking out of the same chapter in Exodus, I mean, the same book, Exodus chapter 13 is where we're at. And um, this is where we find the Israelites who have had this like amazing promise to be led out of slavery, but generation after generation after generation after generation, they see no freedom. And that's where Moses is. Um, he's going to lead them out. He's led them out towards the promised land of milk and honey. But before they get to the promised land, they have to walk through the wilderness. So um, a lot of you may have already heard stories from this book. I feel like the book of Exodus is just like you read one line, you have to just like meditate on it for like a week because it's so full. But um, just before I open the word, I'm just going to pray. And then we'll be reading from chapter 13, 17 to 22. Um, So God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that it is alive and always speaking to and always ministering to us this morning. Uh, I just pray that I would be able to get out of of the way so your spirit can minister to the hearts to to this morning, God, and um, that your word would just be alive, that every word I speak is anointed by you and ministers to the heart and um, just speaks what you need to speak this morning, God, that it is not about me, it is not about us, but it is all about you, Lord, and that you are still a saving God. Your grace is the same and your spirit is alive in here today, God. We pray in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Um, okay, so we're going to read this together. We are at chapter 17, and the title is "Crossing the Sea." So remember, this is right after Moses um, kind of like had this another interaction with Pharaoh. All of the plagues came. Pharaoh's firstborn child got killed. It was a mess. So Pharaoh was like, "Just get out before I change my mind." So you know, Moses was like, "Quickly, everyone, let's go!" And so it says, "When Pharaoh let the people go, got what is it?" <laughs> That's Moses's voice. Um, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them lead them on the road through Philistine country, though that was shorter. This challenges everything I like to declare about God that He's really efficient, He's really to the point, and He's really like charge and go. He led them on the road that didn't make sense, right? Yeah. The worst. Um, for God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So if they get out into the wilderness, they might be like, whoa, this is too hard if they face a war and go back to slavery. So instead, he sent them like the long way and, you know, towards the promised land that way. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him weird because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath he had said God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place if anyone if anyone has like a will or anything like that don't write something like that in your will it's creepy and it's a burden that no one wants to carry right it's gross so after leading sucketh They camped at Etham on the way on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or night. And neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So that's where we're at today. There's the fire of the Holy Spirit um, kind of shows themselves in Exodus. And I just love, the first observation I made about this scripture is I just love how dynamic the provision of God is. By day, they're in the middle of the desert. What do they need? They need a cloud. They need shame. They need precipitation. All of these things is so useful. And then by night, they have the warmth and the comfort and the heat of the fire. I just feel like... All week, knowing that scripture, I have just been so acutely aware of the dynamic provision of God in different seasons, in different um, situations or circumstances. God always just um, works himself into being exactly what we need. And to be aware of that, I think, is just such a blessing. Um, So this pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud, we're mainly going to focus on the pillar of fire today because on fire. Um, the pillar of fire isn't just like a random, you know, gift or weird kind of thing that God's doing for these um, Israelites, for his chosen people. The pillar of fire is actually a physical manifestation of God's spirit. And so it's super significant that this is the first time that the Israelites in 16 generations have lived in freedom and God has manifested himself to be in their presence as a pillar of fire. So. Um, I think that it's really easy, at least it was for me, to kind of think of the Holy Spirit as like the third part of God's story. There was the Father of the Old Testament, there's Jesus in the New Testament, and then Jesus left and left the Holy Spirit. But it's so important to see that the Holy Spirit is like a golden thread just weaved through the whole Bible. In the very first sentence or the second sentence of Genesis, it says that the Holy Spirit hovered above the waters before anything was even created. I just think that that is such a wonderful introduction and um, kind of just attunes our awareness of the Holy Spirit in and throughout all of these books. So um, I want to just take a moment to, to talk about three traits we learn about the Holy Spirit in this story and, um, and ways that we can learn about that for who the Holy Spirit is to us now, who the Holy Spirit is through the Bible and what the Israelites would have learned. Um, so the first one is that the Holy Spirit and God is faithful. You see, this is something that the Israelites who have lived in slavery, as I've said a hundred times, would not have known. They didn't have the manner. They didn't have those sandals that didn't run out. They didn't have a book of Psalms. They didn't have someone every Sunday saying, God is good and God is faithful. They had no knowledge, no, no testimony to God's faithfulness. They had an empty grave where they took Joseph's bones from and they had a, long, a promise from long ago of a God they may have never encountered. But this manifestation is a symbol of God's faithfulness. It says that by day and night, the pillar did not leave them. It continued to lead them them day and night. And I just think that step by step, day by day, the Israelites would have learned, okay, it's dark out there, but God is leading us. God is doing what he said he was going to do. And day in, day out, that path, like Jess said a couple of months ago, becomes well-worn that we learn to trust God, that we learn of his faithfulness only by living in it. And I think that that is a message that the Israelites could have carried and could have reminded themselves. And God just proved that over and over again with his provision. Um, And the second one is that God illuminates the darkness and he illuminated the path for these Israelites. The wilderness was crazy. It was dark. It was scary. It was intimidating. God didn't change that. God didn't take away the darkness. God didn't take away... Um, The intimidation of the wilderness, but he did give them enough light and enough provision for where they were now. And there's a Psalm in uh, Psalms 119 verse 105, and it says that your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And I just think that that is what God's presence is doing here. It is illuminating the path of the Israelites towards the promised land. It is not illuminating the whole world, but it is illuminating where they are, right? there um and I think that that's an important differentiation to make that it's not you know they got freed from slavery and the world was a rainbow and it was incredible and everything was good the world was dark they were in the middle of a desert but God was so faithful and so good that he illuminated their path they were a light he was a light for their feet as they walked towards a promise of the land of milk and honey And the last trait that still exists for us today, and is probably the most obvious one because I believe it actually says it in the scripture, is that God guided them with the pillar of fire. And when I first read it, I really thought that it was like the cloud was the moving and then at night they all reflected on the day and like did the positive, negative kind of thing and hung out by this gigantic bonfire. But... It said that he gave the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire so they could travel by day and night. It was there so that they could still be moving, they could still be walking, they could still be traveling, which says to me that the pillar of fire was in front of them and they were walking in the wake of that. They were walking, following, being guided, by, being led by every single day. They didn't need to choose whether they were going to go left or right. They followed the spirit. They followed the direction of the spirit, even when it didn't make sense because they knew that the land they were going to was just there, but the spirit is kind of going left, right, left, right. They didn't need to choose whether to go through the darkness. They just followed them around and believed the promises. And I just wonder there what it would have been like amongst the Israelites to have this God that you have heard about for your whole life and to, you know, heard these kind of promises and believed what Joseph said and, you know, we're carrying the bones. We've left, we've left his empty grave with the Egyptians and we're walking believing, trying really hard to reassure ourselves that God who gave us that promise is who he said he is. But I wonder the difference in faith when you were actually following the flame and following the cloud. I think that morale would be completely different. They would be like, see, I I told you I was the one who believed in him. When old Negative Nancy back in Egypt was like, we're never getting out. She would be the same one declaring, see, God's faithful. Look at us being led. I wonder the difference in their spirit when they were actually walking with God instead of just believing stories about God. And that, that contrast and that difference is what I want to talk about um, in our lives today. And there's another story that... Um, that mirrors the same plot and it is written like 1600 years later if you thought 1400 uh, if you thought 400 years of slavery was a long time 1600 years happened between the first story and the second one that I want to talk about yet it is the same golden thread that is weaved throughout it and it happens in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 and it is after the ministry of Jesus happens You know, Jesus came, he lived this incredible life, he came under huge scrutiny, he, um, you know, made all these incredible claims about being the Messiah and about being God and, um, you know, fulfilling prophecies and fulfilling the scriptures and all of these things. And then he died, and morale dropped again. But then he was raised again. And morale lifted and it was incredible. And then, you know, they were saying, I told you he he was who he said he was. I told you that Jesus would be the Messiah. And then Jesus walked with them for a little while longer, empowered them, gave them the promises again, reminded them that they could do this. You can walk in the light. You can be who I've called you to be. And then Jesus gets taken again and leaves his people behind. And I think that this is such a parallel and such a mirror of this story in Exodus that the disciples of Jesus had nothing but an empty grave and some promises from God. They, they knew that they believed God because people had done it before and we are the chosen people of God because I remember because Jesus told me that. I remember what I've heard at church. I remember what I've heard from friends, from people who know God. I know, I know that he is who he says he is, but it's hard to walk in the darkness of the wilderness. It's hard. It would have been hard to be, you know, Peter or John or someone declaring the gospel and then Jesus gets taken away. And so in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, this is where they're at. They've got promises of a Messiah who said that he was the light of the world. That in him there is no darkness. That he has come to give people life and life to the full. Yet, where was he? Where was he? And so in Acts chapter 2. No, yeah, 2. Is this up here? Yeah. Oh, no. Is it? No. My Bible's upside down. That's why I was like, I'm sure it's at the back. (laughs) The tabs have come in handy. Okay. And it said, When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place, probably sitting and being like, oh my gosh, what have we done? We've made such a big deal about Jesus and now He's gone. Are we going to like commit to this or are we going to pull out and try and get our houses back and things like that? And it said, Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be the tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them that same spirit that was hovering above the waters before the creation was even made has come into this room where the believers of God are and rests upon them in exactly the same way says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them and that is what the Spirit of God is doing again he did it back in Genesis. He did it in Exodus. He, he did it in Acts. And in Romans 8, chapter 10, it said, the, same, the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that's the same spirit who was hovering over the waters, the same spirit that was, that was a, a pillar of fire leading the Israelites towards the promised land, the very same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Who? You. Every single person hearing this word lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. So where are you on this journey? Are you saying, (laughs) we're on fire? Um, You might be still in slavery and say, I've only heard stories. I've only heard other people speak about God. I've only heard of Jesus. Saying that he's the light of the world, but I'm not in the chosen ones, I'm never going to get out of here. 16 generations of this addiction have been in my family. Do you know? 16 years of this disease have been in my family. Do you know? 16 years of slavery is nothing for the great redeemer. There is nothing you might be. Already saved. Say, yeah, I know Jesus is my saviour. I declared it. I put my hand up at church. I know that Jesus has freed me from my sins, but this place is dark. You have no idea of the darkness that I walk through. You have no idea. I don't have any idea, but I know that this is a broken world, still corrupted by sin. I know that Christians come under persecution. I know that there is still disease. I know that there is sin permeated through everything, even us. I know. But I also know that the Holy Spirit has illuminated our path and His Word is a lamp for it. That He has given a light to our every single day, enough light to illuminate for what we need right now. It's not going to change the darkness out there. It's not. But this light that God gave the Israelites in Exodus was big enough to illuminate the path for over 2 million people. It wasn't a small group of 50 or 100 or even just like a little group of five. There was 2 million people and His light was enough for them to walk by. So I know that God's Spirit is enough light for you to walk by. And maybe you used to walk by the Spirit. You know that light. You know that feeling of warmth and comfort and provision that you get from the Holy Spirit. I don't care, Lord, if we go the inefficient way. I'm walking with you and that's what matters. Maybe that's you. And somewhere along the line you've strayed because, oh, God, I actually wanted to be over there. I wanted to be over there. That was my promise. But God's leading you over here. So instead you just wanted to take some righteous steps towards this future. Maybe that's you and you found yourself in the darkness again. That's okay. That's okay. That's why God gave us free will. And that is why God gave us grace. He gave us the reminder that Joseph gave the the Israelites in Exodus. That God has called you. He will free you. And Joseph was the reminder. But Jesus is the redeemer. They gave him Moses who rescued them. Moses was the rescuer. Jesus is the redeemer. The eternal redeemer. The one that says, in me there is light and in me, there is life. He is the finisher of the story and there is an invitation for you no matter where you are in this story, no matter where you are. I'm not gonna make anyone do anything weird or feel super uncomfortable, but we're gonna keep worshiping right now and I'd like everyone to just stand and we're just gonna say a prayer together. As always, there is option for you to come down the front and receive prayer. I will be there. We have some faithful prayer warriors at the front of the room who would love to pray for you, love to minister to you, love to bring you back into the light, the light that God has promised for thousands and thousands of years with His Word.